It's the holiday season, and Kirk Cameron and his extended family are here to make you feel bad about not appreciating Jesus enough during your Christmas celebration. Come along with us and learn how Kirk is saving Christmas on today's episode of I'd Like a Reef. Welcome to the holiday edition of today's I'd Like a Refund podcast. I'm again your host, Ryan, here joining us today. We have my friend, Joel. Joel, how are we doing today? Oh, 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 <laughs> oh, my God. oh, Merry Christmas. Uh, I am happy it's almost Christmas. So It is almost good. Christmas. In fact, it's Christmas Eve. Fun fact. It is Christmas if Eve you li- when, oh, yeah, when this comes Eve, out. If you're yeah. listening to this uh, when it came out, it's Christmas Eve. If you're not listening to this when it came out, um, you're a fake fan. Yeah, you're all, yeah, if you listen to this on Saturday, you're only 364 days away. Yeah, um, 364. Also, <laughs> also joining us, we have Cameron again. Cameron, how are we doing? What's up? I'm I'm great. I'm so excited. My uh my best friend, uh in the entire world, uh she's in the military. She actually surprised me and came home for Christmas. So it's a uh, it's been oh, super oh, awesome seeing nice. her. Yeah, that's cool. awesome. Yeah, man. so that's I'm, really I'm very cool. happy. Did she come out of like a big box or something? Uh, no, well, I mean, her parents were like, "Hey, we have a big package. Can you help us pick it up?" And Whoa. so I went over. I went over to their house, and uh, my friend came out the door, and I was like, "What?" That's super sick. Awesome, yeah, it was dude. pretty cool. Yeah, that's a great story. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. It's probably gonna be a Hallmark movie at some point. It's it's yeah. a better story than the movie we watched today. That's a fantastic <laughs> point. Before we before we get into our discussion of Kirk Cameron saving Christmas, uh, Joel, you've got a little question for us here to start. Yeah, this one's just gonna kind of like uh, kind of tug at your heart a little bit, I guess. Uh, it's a kind of a two-parter though. So the first question is, just what's your favorite part about Christmas? And it could be anything. So Cameron, <laughs> let's start with you. Okay, yeah. So my favorite part about Christmas is, I mean, I could say hanging out with the family, because you know, especially uh, being away and you know living in los angeles or living in you know living in san diego for college being able to see them is really nice um but i really like the food like i'm not gonna lie like thanksgiving's great but my family does prime rib for christmas and like oh my god prime rib is so delicious i love the food that's my favorite part you can never go wrong with food that's right is it would you say prime rib is like the the christmas meal or is there even one because you know like obviously like turkey with thanksgiving a lot of people do ham with like easter like is what is the real like christmas food i to be honest and i mean i maybe it's just my family but like every year it's like we don't really have anything special it's just like oh really whatever we decide this year like this year we're smoking a brisket oh you know and like last year i think we did we did like tri-tip or something you know so it's like always different yeah Yeah, that sounds good yeah, normally, uh, normally my family used to do the big, uh, the big meal on Christmas Eve more so than Christmas Day. Uh, and that, yeah, that's what we're doing. We're, we're yeah, doing yeah, Christmas Eve. Yeah. Christmas Day is just such like a busy day. Everybody's coming and going, doing a bunch of stuff. It's just easier to do it on Christmas Eve. Not um, this year. No, not this year. <laughs> no. Um, all right. Well, I guess my answer is a little like that, just without the food element. I like the family aspect of it. In specifically speaking, in regards to decorating. Like, I like putting up the decorations for Christmas. Um, my family tradition is to do it the day after Thanksgiving because we just look forward to it every year. Um, so, yeah, just putting up the tree, the lights around the house, all the wacky Christmas things that you get over the years. 
that you just pass down and hold on to just putting all that out and having having the house looking like that for yeah. essentially a month plus after that uh, is my favorite part what yeah, about you joel nice. what's your favorite part uh i do like the decorations a lot um i think well, i already for me, said i, I already said the that, lights so. lights specifically uh I always look forward. We do it with Halloween too, but I always look forward towards the end of the year because Sam and I like to go uh, drive around and look at all the Christmas lights Aww, all the different places. So, so cute. Like, we'll go yeah. get something at like Starbucks or whatever, and we'll kind of drive around the neighborhoods, whether we're over by me or over by her, um, and just kind of go around and find all the different houses. And yeah, I don't know. I look forward to that every year. I like that. So, um, before we get started, though, the second part of the question. This one's kind of more of a quiz that I personally think is easy, just because I've always known, but maybe you guys don't. But would either of you like to tackle naming all of the reindeer? Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Can you bo- can you both do it? Yeah, I, I, I most definitely. Oh, okay, cannot. let's go to Cameron first then. Oh no, I can't. Name as many as you can then. Okay, there's Donner. <laughs> yeah. Right, Donner, um, Dasher, Comet, 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 Com- Comet. Yeah. Cupid. Um, you know. Uh, Rudolph. Okay. Um, you have four left. He's he, uh, Rudolph's like Rudolph's like the. It's he's not. A, he's he's like the sometimes why. He's like, yeah. He's yeah. Not canon. He's like he's it's like the, he's like sometimes he's like, why. He's like when you count count why as a vowel. It's yeah. the same thing with. Rudolph. It's like how Harry Potter fans don't consider Cursed Child to be a Harry Potter book or part of the story. It's like Rudolph with reindeer. <laughs> you have four left. You can't do it. Um. We got to, uh, no. I think um, di- did I say Dixon? Is Dixon? One? Well, that isn't it's, one. It's so. not one. <laughs> okay, uh, Blixen. There's no, a, you know, con. Uh, trying to think of the song, the Rudolph Why song. Do you keep saying Comet. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, okay, right, yeah, I'm let, gonna pass let's have, this. Let's off. have Ryan save the day. Yeah, Ryan, yeah. can you name all the reindeer for me? Yeah, I like I like Cameron's answers of like Comet and Blitzkrieg Bop and all those other <laughs> answers that he has. Um, I like to use – there's a s- specific part in one of my favorite Christmas movies, Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger, hey. where they have the radio contest to see who can mm-hmm. name all of the reindeer. And I just rem- – I will never forget the names of the reindeer just because of that movie. So as it goes, it's Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Donner, Blitzen, and then you include Rudolph if you're, yes. feeling, spi- if you're feeling spicy that yes. holiday season. You Nailed it. There. Yeah, I don't I, yeah. the, the jingle all the way thing is is a good way to remember. I'm like Cameron. I just remember it from from Rudolph. Yeah, I was you know, trying Dasher, to remember a dancer, song. Prancer, Vixen, Comic Yeah, Comic the, yeah, that's the less fun way to remember. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I would say. I sure. okay. I know. Got, oh, sorry. I was just curious. I I know that Joel typically asks the question, but real quick, I just want to know what your guys' favorite Christmas movie is. Oh, that's really hard. Growing up, it was always uh, Rudolph, but I do really like Elf. Like yeah, I mean, I, wa- I watched I watched Elf last night. Nice. I mean, maybe Nightmare. You can throw a Nightmare in there too. Nightmare's yeah. really good. Um, my my answer is forever going to be Christmas Vacation. Um, oh yeah, I got you. But I but yeah. I have a soft spot in my heart for Muppet Family Christmas. Oh, that's a good oh, one. That's go. a good one. Yeah. What about sure. you? Oh, La La Land, one hundred percent. That's <laughs> that's. A, I mean, if if Die Hard's a Christmas movie, so is La La Land. Yeah, La La Land and, takes and place in winter. Any oh Shane God. Black movie. He gets Ryan Gosling gets fired from the uh the Roadhouse. Uh it's not Roadhouse. What's it was the steakhouse? The smokehouse. The smokehouse. Smoke he gets fired from the smokehouse on Christmas. Patrick goes, Swayze fires Ryan Gosling. Um 
Roadhouse guys. Oh, my <laughs> oh okay. God. Oh my Cameron's God. too young for that. JK, is... JK Simmons goes, you're, he's a, you're Not fired. Not my tempo. Yeah. Wrong movie, <laughs> but that's okay. Same director, wrong movie. Oh, I, for, I forgot he was in Wild yeah. both. He yeah. said, you're fired. And Ryan Gosling goes, it's Christmas. And he says, I see the decorations. You're fired. And so it's a it's a Christmas movie. Oh my god! Did you only ask that question just to make that joke? One hundred percent. Yeah. He's like uh, yeah. he's like let me set up this bit. One hundred percent. Now if we're gonna, we're just gonna go with movies that have a scene that takes place in Christmas, like Iron Man three. Like we're just well, saying any Shane Black movie. Right. Well, technically Jumanji is a Christmas movie then. Which one? The first one. Oh, Toy Story is a Christmas movie. Yeah, there. Yeah, that's true. The very end. Uh, there's a scene uh, with Christmas. As long as we story. agree, La La Land is a Christmas movie. We're good. I th- I just hope we can agree to not mention La La Land 50 times this episode. Oh, oh this movie does not parallel. Yeah, La we Land will in not. Way, so. We will not. Uh, <laughs> other than it's the, on the complete opposite side of the spectrum of La La Land. Well, we talked about a couple things that bring us some Christmas cheer. You know what doesn't bring Christmas cheer? Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. And, th- and that is our movie oh my God. that we watched this week for our show as our special ho- special holiday season. It's a gift to you all, all of our listeners, for the episode. It is not a gift to the three of us <laughs> to watch this movie. So let's get into it a little bit. Oh, um, man. Why did we pick this movie, guys? Cameron, why don't you go Okay, so when – so my sophomore, or rather my junior year of college, my roommate and I, uh, we had this thing where we would watch terrible movies. Like we would look for the absolute worst movies and we would try to watch them. Uh, and we went through a phase where we watched religious movies, not because we think that, you know, not because we're trying to make fun of religion or whatever, but just because, and I don't care. Like, even if you are religious, you know, Religious movies are terrible. They are so, so, so bad. Their quality is just awful. Their acting is awful. Everything is awful. And we were looking up the worst of the worst. And Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas came up. And we watched it. And Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas is the second lowest rated movie on IMDb. I don't know if it still is, but at the time we watched it, it's the second lowest rated movie on IMDb with a 1.4 out of 10. This movie transcends the idea of a bad movie. And do I was re- like, Do you remember what the first one was on IMDb? I do not. What did you say the rating was? 1.4 1. 1. out of 10. Yeah, this that, one still that, has a 1.4. Is that out? Of, is that out? It's out of ten. Yes, that yeah. seems that seems generous. Then this well, because the lowest you can give that on that site is a one. You can't give a zero. So technically, it's from one to ten. So it's point four off from being a one, <laughs> an average of the lowest possible score. Yeah, I did the same thing when I after I watched the movie, I went to my letterbox to try and rate it, and I didn't want to give it any stars, <laughs> but it doesn't record it if you don't. Yeah, you have to give, give it, it any, half. So I gave it a half star, and I looked at all the other movies I gave half stars to, and this is by far the worst one <laughs> in that group. Um, I mean, it's, what the heck? It's not I mean, even listed on IMDb's lowest. It, it's it's not even good enough to make the lowest rated list. Their lowest rated list, like on IMDb, starts at a two point oh. Oh my! So God. it starts under that. <laughs> I mean, we're all kind of showing our hands a little bit with how we're feeling about this one. Are we all kind of in agreement that this was just an abomination of a film? Essentially, Joel, why don't you take that one? Yeah, I I don't think there's really anything. I saw a review that said something along the lines of 
this movie gives little to anybody that isn't already a believer or something along those lines. And that's pretty much it. Like nobody's going to get anything out of this. Kind of like you were touching on Cameron, like not, not to make fun of religion or anything, but like even people who are very religious would probably watch this and just kind of be like, what was this? Like, why did I, why did I waste my time watching this? You know? Um, totally. Yeah. It was, it just, it, it does. There's nothing there. There's very little like to take out of it. You know, it, it just felt very, a lot of emptiness and just kind of confusion, I guess, for the sake of like, why was this necessary? And, and all these details that we'll kind of get in as we're moving further along. So we were talking about how a little bit about how we feel about the movie, even Cameron bringing up the IMDb rating. Uh, we're going to go to Rotten Tomatoes here. Do you guys want to guess what the score on Rotten Tomatoes is? It has to be a zero. Zero. Right? It is absolutely a zero. Okay. Perfect. So the critics nailed this one. Oh the the issue I have with what I saw in Rotten Tomatoes, however, is from the audience score. The oh, audience no. score is at 30. Okay. Well, do you know the whole little story about that? Oh, there's a story? I don't know this. Yeah. So apparently when it came out, the Rotten Tomatoes scores, obviously, were just tanking. Um, I'm assuming some of that was obviously the audience score as well. Well, Kurt Cameron took to his like fan page oh facebook page and posted basically asking people hey can you all go out there and just give this a good review and and help bump the ratings up and he said something along the lines of if even two thousand of the two million or something of you on this page go and add a review it'll help it like a ton and it had like a negative effect. Like people were mad at him for even asking them to review it. So they I mean, went and gave so it like bad. negative reviews instead. Well, um, so Kurt yeah, Cameron he... is a bit problematic. I don't know if y'all seen the news the last couple of days, but he had that huge caroling thing where no one was wearing masks. There were like a thousand, more than a thousand yeah, people like a out there. Christmas caroling protest. Yeah. And he said, uh, community is immunity. That was his line. He's like, we don't need to wear masks. Community is immunity. So, I mean, I mean we all do love the show Community, so I kind of get where he's going. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, man. If only we uh, could have watched three episodes of Community instead just, of this movie. Just watch all the paintball episodes. Yeah. It would have been a much better time. <laughs> um, with that story in mind, it does maybe put things a little clearer. But I just – if you know ten people in your life and you had these ten people watch this movie, if I knew three of them – came out of that thinking i thought this was pretty good i would be really concerned like i would be i would be concerned not only about those three people but the people that i choose to associate with i would be very concerned all around that i would know somebody that would think this movie is good um I, that would I be just, like one of us three enjoying the movie oh my almost, god yeah almost I to god we'd have to kick someone off of the podcast if they like this movie but it's like it's maybe all, it's the guy all... who shares the name with the guy in the movie. Okay, oh, all right, that's a good point. It's almost as bad as never seeing the Lord of the Rings, but we didn't kick anybody off after that. So that's I true. I do have to. I am curious because I was actually thinking this last week when Joel was like, Green Lantern was maybe the worst movie I've ever seen. I was like, okay, just wait till this week. <laughs> Is it, I I'm curious. I know we haven't. You know, we're barely into the podcast. But my initial question to you, Joel, is: Is this worse than the Green Lantern? Let me put it this way. I expected this to be worse, therefore no. Like Green Lantern is a movie that like should like should have been better. And so the fact that it was so bad is what makes it so like upsetting in my mind. Whereas this it was like yeah, I knew this was going to suck. 
I think one element behind that is that Christmas movies are almost judged on a different plane because you know with Christmas movies what you're getting into. Like, a lot of the Christmas movies that we probably like are objectively bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, terrible. Yeah. So, like, you don't – but you still enjoy them just because of, like, the message behind them, the enjoyment behind them. Yeah. Um. Where so you, it's hard to gauge a regular film with a Christmas film in terms of like liking it, but every once in a while you get the one film that is just so bad that you throw that scale out the window. You're just like, yeah, this is absolute trash. But I agree with Joel. Like I, I heavily dislike that Green Lantern film, but mostly because of how disappointed it made me. I try to go into every movie with an open mind, and with this one, that was gone. Probably maybe. Maybe even ten minutes in, I was. Oh, you gave like, it ten I, minutes? I don't even know. Like, I, I'm trying to remember. Like, I, I'm trying to remember like what, what my thought process was when I watched it because I, I was like so it was like f- so lazy fair about it because I just knew like after doing all of my research, I knew this was gonna be a tough experience, and I just can't even remember like when I checked out in this film, because maybe I was checked out before it even started. I can't even, I can't even recall. I have to tell you, one of the reasons I was so excited to do this movie is because every movie that we've done so far, um, there are people who could, you know, find enjoyment from those movies, right? Like a lot of people like greatest showman. A lot of people like Jurassic world falling kingdom. There are even those people. I don't know if I know anyone who likes green lantern, but they're, you know, people who are like, Oh, it's fine. Like I was like, Oh, it's whatever. Like I wasn't expecting anything out of this, but this is the first movie we've watched that just objectively may be one of the worst movies ever created. And I cannot wait to just uh, unload on this movie. Well, before we get into like the, the basic, uh, summarization of the film. I want to touch on the monetary aspects of this. So first off, I had I went to I usually go to Box Office Mojo to get all my information about Box Office, and a lot of the times they'll have the budget for the film on there as well. The budget was not listed on Box Office Mojo for Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas, so it's I had clearly to do, money laundering. I had to do a little googling to find it. And I found an article from Wikipedia that linked to like IMDb and said that the budget for this film was five hundred thousand dollars. So I want to ask you guys: clearly, the five hundred thousand no. dollars wasn't wasn't spent on the film. So what do you think Kirk Cameron actually spent it on? Joel, can you take that oh one my for God. me? Uh, I I have no clue, honestly. Getting into theaters, maybe like the only thing I could possibly think they spent all that money on was post because it wasn't put into the production renting spaces maybe (laughs) like what's i think they filmed it in his house well no yeah but the the like the little scenes we'll touch on later with the like the like cutaways when he's telling the stories those things like that's what i'm saying i think it was a lot of post stuff um because there were actually some like vfx work in this movie which was weird a third third of the movie takes place in the car in the front seat of a car (laughs) yeah oh yeah (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I think I, I think, think the majority of this had to have somehow been put into post and see. I disagree, Joel. I think four hundred and ninety nine thousand dollars went into Kirk Cameron's pocket, and then a thousand dollars went into the movie. Uh, I think your numbers are. He probably donated half of that to like Joel Osteen or something like that, and, and then did a tax write off. <laughs> yeah, the rest of it was a tax write off. Yeah, yeah, this I could you imagine spending five hundred thousand dollars to make this movie? Well, well I the, mean, apparently the format they shot it on was HD cam, so it was you like could, a, you could tell. 
it was like a, yeah it was a sony hd cam there, there were parts not not to jump in too far but there were parts where i was like are they shooting this on like autofocus <laughs> like the focus is just oh like my god going was, in and oh out no. and stuff so yeah it just oh like no it this like movie is so bad holding a camera it, it it at it had elements of like a home movie basically like yeah. oh well, it, it just it it did i wonder how long do you, uh ryan do you know how long production took for this movie i don't um we could try and find because it literally I, feel it feels like they like were like oh hey family because he shot it with his the, family and his friends you want to throw it to the summary ryan and then while while we're giving the summary maybe we can try and find that yeah so uh what we like to do before we really deep dive into the film we're going to go over a brief summary just to give you guys a little bit of a glimpse of what uh kirk cameron savings christmas is all about Former child actor Kirk Cameron sits us down by the fire and tells the story of how important Christianity is to the story of Christmas. Through a personal story about his brother-in-law, Christian, who has soured on the fact that Jesus plays second fiddle to Santa Claus. Kirk goes through each of Christian's qualms, such as the reason for how the nativity scene is set up, the significance of putting a Christmas tree up in your house, and where Santa Claus was in the Bible. Kirk explains where all of these elements fit into the beauty of Christmas, convinces Christian that Christmas as we celebrate it today really does honor Christ and the story of Jesus' birth. So that was our brief summary of Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas. Um, you had asked if we could find some information about what like the production schedule was. I couldn't find anything in regards to how long it took them, uh, but one review that I saw said that it had the production value of your average junior high pageant. So I'm going to assume that they filmed it in the same amount of time. So maybe oh a couple hours. That would be about <laughs> Don't it. Don't like it. There's no way that this could have taken more than a week's production, right? Like, there's no way. Uh, yeah, kind of what Joe was saying. Most of the production had to have come with the sets that weren't the main. Yeah. Like, I could literally see them filming the house stuff in, like, one day like one that's a one day, day, that's a day shoot. Days, yeah. yeah yeah it's i mean especially it's not like they worried about lighting it's not like they worried about sim it's, like, it's not like they worried about framing they were just like oh here let's just turn the camera on and this movie certainly could have just been one take because if that's the these are the takes that they use i can't imagine they did multiple yeah which did you guys happen oh, to yeah. stay for the credits did any of you stay for the credits <laughs> oh I yeah did, I, watched, I did there are I there's did. A whole, like two minutes of bloopers and Two then minutes it, like, of bloopers. No, yeah. The movie There's was done whole... at t- an hour and ten minutes. There was still ten minutes left. They <laughs> and then they did. The, they cut to credits. Then they do two minutes of bloopers. They do more credits, and then at the very end, there's another like two and a half minutes of bloopers. Mm-hmm. There was like five minutes they of bloopers, always, and oh, it was okay, even yeah. like it was like the same scene like over and over again. Isn't, uh, isn't the last blo- isn't the last blooper just one of the characters just like rapping what happens in the movie? Uh, Pretty much. He's, fr- yeah, he's freestyling. Freestyling. Yeah. yeah, and it's the worst thing it's some i don't even want to say it's the worst thing about that movie because there's so much that's terrible at that movie but um my sister because i watched this movie with my dad and my sister well i watched the second half with my dad i split this up into two because i even though this movie was an hour and 19 minutes i could not watch the entire thing in one take i needed a break uh, so I watched the whole thing with my sister. I watched uh, the first 45 minutes with her. And then the last 30 minutes was with my dad and my sister. Um, and my sister was like, why can't you turn this off, Cameron? And I said, I have to watch it for the podcast. And she's like, this is so bad. I mean, oh, my God. 
yeah, I want the freestyle awful. raft to play us out, but I don't want to get sued by Kirk Cameron. Uh, I mean, he'll do anything to make a quick buck. I mean, look at this movie. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I was say, you know something that it seems like they did spend a decent bit of time on, and not really a ton, but enough, uh, is the poster for this movie. Um, if you guys <laughs> oh, can, can you see my screen? Yeah, yes. yep, I can okay, see it. Okay, yeah. so I, I kind of took some notes here on the poster. Um, let's start with the fact that this the is font, incredible. The font looks like it's straight out of GI Joe. Yeah, it does. like it. It literally looks like they took GI Joe font and threw it on here. Um, are you still seeing that, or did I lose it there? You no, lost it. Went it. away. Oh, okay, I'll bring it back up right now. Kirk, um, but Kirk, Kirk, Kirk took it down because you had already looked at it. For DMCA. Too long. <laughs> yeah. So they they have like this GI Joe font on the freaking poster there, and then. It's little subtitle says, "Putting Christ or put Christ back in Christmas." That so was it's my, like this that, that very aggressive part. font, and then it says, "Put Christ back in Christmas." Well, okay, I I I don't know if you guys, I don't think you two are aren't really from religious families uh, or like religious backgrounds. Like you guys didn't grow up in a church, right? I would say so so ish. Um, we, went, we went to church, but we didn't like. So a like, family. I was indoctrinated. Like, I went every single week. I did Sunday school. Like, I was very much grew up in a church family. That whole put Christ back into Christmas is one hundred percent what they teach you from the youngest age. Is that atheist pagans, whatever are there's a war on Christmas. They're trying to take away Christ from Christmas. So that is one hundred percent part of the indoctrination. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. He's also wielding a giant candy cane in his right hand. He is Heisman Trophy holding the <laughs> snow globe with the nativity scene inside of it. Um, at the bottom left, there's a huge wooden cross. The Christmas tree is top to the cross. He has this like weird pose where he's kind of like leaping a little bit. Someone actually said it kind of looks like the last action hero. Uh, last action hero? No. Um, yeah. The, the, what what'd you bring up earlier, Ryan, the Christmas movie? Uh Jingle, jingle all, the, all way. the way it looks like the jingle all the way poster a little bit um something that was very confusing to me because they don't touch on this in the movie at all is it's like raining hundred dollar bills and credit cards and i'm not really sure oh, that was no, the materialism I, aspect. yeah 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 i understood that part it's because I, the the christian character said that like he has a line when they're sitting in the car one of like the 45 minutes that they're sitting in the car <laughs> in this film um he says that you know the money that we're spending to decorate and buy presents and all these things could have been spent to like help with like poverty or stop world hunger. So I think that's kind and of. And then what Kurt Cameron was like, "No, you're thinking about it wrong." Yeah, he that's did say like, that. He did. Yeah. I was like imagining. I was like, maybe this is the angle they're taking it at. But I was like, the way this looks in the posters, it's like he was like, "Yeah, I'm rain and dough." And then I can't tell if you guys can see me zooming in here, but it looks like they oh photoshopped Wait, his face and made it worse. I wanted to. So not only does it like what? it looks, it not only does it look cartoony, they made him look like fifteen years I younger than he actually it. is in the movie. They like I, elongated I know he has his a, forehead. Yeah, I was gonna say I know he has a big forehead, but it looks like they, they like, took. What the hell? This it is. It looks like when you draw a cartoon character and you don't know how to draw mouths, so you just draw a line. Like that's what they did to his oh mouth. Oh my god, here. this is incredible. Uh, so yeah, his face was very disturbing. Uh, but I think my biggest thing about the poster is it has nothing to do with the movie, other than like the little nope. objects. Like if you saw this poster, you're like, oh, I'm gonna go watch Kurt Cameron in this like 
Christmas action movie. Nope, that <laughs> yeah. is not what we got. It's in like any the way. Taken, the Christmas edition. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> Santa, Santa Claus was kidnapped, and only Kirk Cameron can rescue. Oh, right, what was that what... movie that came out with Mel Gibson this year? Fat Man. Fat Man. It, yeah, yeah, it almost looks like it was like the prequel to Fat Man. Yeah, I went into this expecting to be like laughing a lot because like it was going to be this like crazy action movie, and instead I got <laughs> this like let's sit in the car for forty five minutes. So I just yeah, wanted I'm to sorry. give you guys that little breakdown of the poster because I, I looked at that and instantly thought like this is hilarious. Like this poster's incredible. <laughs> well, that's the poster that they use as like the promotional stuff, and when they put it in theaters as well, they did actually put this movie in theaters. I feel like this yeah. came it out. It says no- at the bottom of the poster, it says very limited run. Right, so it came out November 14th, 2014. Um, I think if this movie had come out in present day, not not like, it, let's say like a year ago, present day, when movie theaters were still, you know, still open, um, mm-hmm. this would have this would have been like a VOD film for sure, right? Oh, oh see, I, okay, I'm going to actually disagree with you on this. I think that if it came out in theaters during, because this movie was released in 2014, correct? Yes. Okay, I actually think if this movie was released in theaters during the Trump administration, it would have done a lot better. Like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that's a fair point. Yeah, Um, unfortunately a fair point. Speaking of its run in theaters, though, so the budget we said, uh, we did a little digging, 500000 The domestic opening weekend for this film was $992,087. That's I thought you were going to stop at $992. It's like yeah, the Shia LaBeouf movie that sold one ticket. Yeah. Um, or Zizek's Road that sold like three tickets <laughs> and then a crew member asked for a refund. No, yeah. no. So that was the opening weekend. Um, the domestic box office gross is $2.7 million, And the total box office gross is $2.7 million. So shout out to every other country in the world that wasn't subjected to this film at their theaters that Man, really appreciate lucky that. people i'm sure kirk cameron was like us christians don't need to share our gifts with other this movie might be countries. the worst thing about being an american <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah no go ahead <laughs> i just i don't i don't even that's i think if you're i think i don't want to touch on the religious aspects of this film too much but uh, this is a this is a key element behind it that I feel like has to be discussed. Maybe not by us, but it has to be discussed. Is this a po- is this a positive spin on Christianity or is it a negative spin on Christianity? Okay, so like I said, I I I will talk about the religious aspect. Of, never making fun of the religious or whatever, but just because I have that background and because I mm-hmm. watched it with my sister and with my dad, who are you know are religious and uh, you know are Christians and everything. Um, no, my sister asked me when the she asked me throughout the movie and then asked me when I was done. She asked me, she said, Cameron, is this a movie, a satirical movie making fun of Christianity? Like, that's what she asked me. She kept out. She's like, this can't be real. This can't actually be what they're trying to say about Christianity. Because like and like we were laughing so hard with what you were saying earlier when the guy's like, oh, well, it's all like it's all fake. There's all these presents and everyone's spending all this money on, you know, we could be giving it to children who who have nothing to eat. We could be giving it to, you know, building wells. And Kirk Cameron was like, well you're actually thinking about it wrong. Like, it's just like, it blows my, like everything. And just like the connections that they try to make to explain everything are just so, they take the largest leaps in logic 
ever. Like at the end of the movie, there's a part where Kirk Cameron, they're all sitting around at the table and they're talking about, well, shouldn't, you know, talking about materialism and well, aren't presents bad? Shouldn't you spend your money on maybe something else? And Kirk Cameron goes, Jesus Christ was the materialized version of God, which is why materialism is actually okay during Christmas. And my whole family was like, what? What is this leap in logic? Are you seriously saying this? I mean, it completely goes against everything from like growing up. Like it completely goes against so much that like we were taught and like I was taught and the fact that my sister was like I think this movie is fake and it's actually making fun of Christianity just to goes to show how miss how everything like morally in this movie is completely misguided it felt like Kurt Cameron just wanted to give his own taste on or t- not yeah. taste but take on Christianity like like this is what Christianity is to me uh and if you're a fan of mine Maybe you want to believe this. Like, I think even they said, like, I had seen, like, some note that, like, a lot of the facts, quote-unquote facts that he was giving in the film about, like, the stories in the Bible and stuff like that were completely untrue. Oh, 100%. Just making up a lot of that stuff. Like, there's a part where he's talking about the swaddling cloth. Like, the whole first, yeah. like, 20 minutes is talking yeah. about the swaddling cloth. And, like, th- what? That is not in the Bible. Like, I have read... All the gospels, multiple, they they don't talk about the swaddling cloth. Like, what the hell is that? So I want to really deep dive into it. Because essentially how I saw it, there were like three key elements Mm -hmm. that they they try to like play up as to why these things are involved in Christmas. Um, But before I do that, I just want to do something real quick and take a quick word from our sponsors. So as we're about to really like get into like the meat of the story behind this, we need to talk about how it really starts out. And that's basically like Kirk Cameron doing his best impression of like a of a Charles Dickens basically, <laughs> sitting us in front of the in front of his fireplace with his Christmas decorations around and getting ready to tell us like the meaning of Christmas behind it. <laughs> um one of the elements with that that plays out throughout the entire movie that I want to talk about is the voiceover. Yeah. Al- almost Oh my god. I- would we? What percentage of the film would you say is just Kirk Cameron VO over something else happening? Seventy-five percent, easily. Uh, yeah, I'd say a good fifty to seventy-five percent. The voiceover made it feel like like the whole movie, like the way it was shot and the way it looked, it like felt like one of those movies you'd watch in like social studies in like sixth oh, grade. Oh yeah, totally. Where you were like, yeah. they were like, let's tell you about you know, old Rome, and then you're just like, ah, and it's like cheesy music, and someone's like narrating it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> They're all all your all your old videos in school had a line where like ah <laughs> yeah <of> the, <laughs> the Wilhelm scream yeah ah <laughs> yeah well good. the start of this movie you. was I mean well one this movie starred like five different times I don't know if you guys like yeah I, I it started that. like five times yeah I, it I, did. I had put a note that like seven minutes into the movie they changed like tone like three different times yeah so there's that whole thing but plus then, they like, threw the plus they threw the title cards in randomly oh as yeah well. it was so it, weird well his intro thing that you said by the fire that was four and a half minutes after they had already put like a couple of like production companies it does that four and a half minute intro Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to the title card of his company. Oh, can, then... we, can we can we talk about uh, his uh, company real quick? Cam Fam Studios. Cam Fam. 
Oh, so, I'm so mad I can't use that for my production company now. So I want I did a little research on CamFam <laughs> Studios in preparation for this episode. So Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas was the first production on CamFam Studios. And the reason that they call it CamFam Studios is because Kirk Cameron and members of his family are the stars of every single thing that this company has put out. So if you ever wondered who this film was made for, who Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas, the target audience is, the audience is targeted to one person, and that is Kirk Cameron. Kirk Cameron. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is only targeted He's to He's such him. a narcissist. I mean, come on. Well, it shows throughout this whole film. But now we finally get out of like the, the fireplace setting and really get into the story. Real quick, that fireplace in the very beginning, you can hear the crew in the background, everyone moving around. I don't know if you guys heard yeah, that, yeah. but you could oh, yeah. hear people moving around. It was so and ridiculous. And you could see drinking out of his fake cho- <laughs> hot chocolate, which he like brings up hot chocolate like 66 times in this movie. Hot chocolate, hot chocolate. And I love hot chocolate. Yeah, this, that right off the bat, I was like, oh, this looks like it was shot in an iPhone. He also says in that, he said, he said there are two camps and they kind of put a big wet blanket over everything yeah. what the hell I, a big wet blanket who says that i've never heard that before in my life probably like, somebody that's a wet blanket of a person probably says yeah. that so that's kirk cameron <laughs> in a nutshell essentially um but what do we th- what do we think about where we start things off and this is where we're introduced to i guess Which we time would, we would call we would call the introduction of our main character christian um who's really it's kind of his story that we're Christian, following i guess aka the director of the film yeah so the director christian, the writer the producer yeah, yeah Cr- christian is played by darren doan uh who also is the director of this film i looked up some of his other projects uh D- darren doan has done four other feature films and the all four of them came out between 1999 and 2001 and he didn't make another one until 2014 with Kirk Cameron saving Christmas and isn't isn't attached or has not done another one since. So um, and also I, the, the four films that he directed, I'm going to throw these names at you guys real quick. And you okay. tell me if you've heard of these movies. God Money. Ultimate Target. Black Friday and 42 K. Nope. Yeah, there's nothing there. Yeah, no. Um, he's he, he, did, he did some Jason Mraz music videos in Blink One Eighty Two. Oh, are you did. serious? Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah, he oh did. Oh my god, it's it's a lot of music videos and a lot of documentary style filming. Which we can't judge his documentary style filming. We haven't seen it. Maybe it's really good. Um, Was this not a documentary? It feels like <laughs> it a documentary like at parts. I will um, say for all of my for all of everyone who's in the LA for everyone who wants to who dreams of becoming a writer. And director watch this movie because j- you'll watch it and you know even someone who is terrible who is the worst person to who's the worst director the worst writer in the world you can somehow still make a movie that gets to theaters there is still hope for you all you have to do is be friends with the kid from growing Pains. that's right yeah all you need is money <laughs> um so let's talk about his character a little bit though Um, I wrote in my notes that Christian is one of the least likable characters in pop culture, film, television history. It almost reminds me of, um, I don't remember the actor's name, but you remember uh, Game of Thrones, the Joffrey character? Um, Oh, yeah. And and how that child actor 
had to stop acting because people were so awful to him. Like yeah, because Gleason because was of, his last right name, yeah oh yeah oh yeah uh, Jackie Gleason Jackie or Gleason, Jack Gle- yeah. yeah I think that's his yeah, name yeah Jack Gleason uh, yeah yeah and he like he left show business as a whole after his run as Joffrey was done and went to like stage production because people were so awful to him but they were awful to him because one certain fandoms are just crazy and t- can't separate reality from what they're seeing on TV that's a whole nother discussion though for another show probably. Um, but the other issue is that is that his character was prayed, portrayed so well as a villain. Oh yeah, that people hated him. Mm-hmm. He's, this is this is not the yeah. exact case with this Christian <laughs> character. I didn't hate him because of how good of a character he was. I hated him because everything he said was just pure and utter nonsense to me. Yeah, I like well, his. Let's like what let's what is his rationale exactly? I actually disagree with that. I'm actually gonna say I disagree with that because I think that he like his whole idea of like I th- don't get me wrong. I think he's a a bad person and I think I hate him. But to, <laughs> to but to be fair, his whole idea of like Christmas is like you know wanting this the you know, Christmas to be you know about Jesus or whatever. Like the, okay, that's what that's you know. But when he's talking about like, oh well, we could be spending all this money on, you know, yeah, like, that kind of like I like I think no, that, like that part had, that's a that's a fair point, yeah. Like I think like when he's like talking about that idea and like kind of like the I don't know I don't, I don't know exactly how to put it maybe like the um, how everything is so, in Christmas is so played up and like so talking like from a religious point of view how it's like okay well maybe the focus needs to be more back on Christ like okay I can see that point of view especially when he's talking about like we need to spend less money on us and like maybe we could like it's kind of like it comes from a place of privilege that we get to celebrate it in the way that we do um, obviously that's not the point that he's taking but you know I, I can get what he's saying from that point of view but yeah no everything else like even the way he talks like when he's talking to kirk cameron he does this voice he's like he does like that thing like every time he like even does this thing with his hand it's like i yeah no he's he sucks he's just not an enjoyable person to sit around with for an hour and 20 minutes and listen to for 10 minutes or whatever however long he was really there um joel did you think that the christian character do you think that he was kind of just supposed to be like the blanket? I am the religious person in this film that is going to chastise the rest of you for not treating Christmas properly. Yeah, he was just kind of like a, as Cameron likes put it, he was there because he had to be. <laughs> like they couldn't have had this movie with him with Kirk Cameron just kind of being like, "Hey, there's people out there who feel this way." Like they had to have a scapegoat who like they could kind of pin it all on and have a quote unquote <laughs> villain. This is your fault. Yeah, 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 and and it had to be him. Like. They didn't give us. I mean, I, again, this movie's an hour and nineteen minutes, and and not special. But like, they didn't tell us anything about this guy beforehand, and we just the first thing we see of him is him absolutely hating this Christmas party. So it's like, mm. yeah, everyone. That's at that's at that's at his house. That is, well, yeah, that's through. his house. It goes and, back to what Kirk Cameron was saying in the beginning, where he's like, "There's two camps of people. There's the people who are like, oh, you can kind of celebrate Christmas, but keep it quiet over in your little area. Yeah. Then there's the people on the inside who are like, oh, Christmas is too too much of a spectacle. Oh, we need us do less of this and less of this. I'm like, who the hell are who the hell are these two sides? Who thinks this? I've never heard anyone be like, hey, 
you need to t- tone down that Christmas stuff. Well, and I was expecting yeah. him to say like, and then there's the side who's like, yeah, Christmas is great. Like he he, made, he was like, yep. there's two types of people. <laughs> These the people are the that options. Kind of don't like Christmas, and the people who really don't like Christmas. Like there was <laughs> yeah. there was no like, or the people who enjoy it for what it is. Like it's just weird because when when Christian leaves the party. And he goes to his car, and Kirk follows him because he wants to. He tries to figure out what's wrong with him, and he goes into the diatribe of just what we've explained so far. Um, how like we're not. It's basically the overarching point that he has is that Jesus and the religious aspects of Christmas from the Bible are being drowned out by the what he believes are fake elements to Christmas. Mm-hmm. You know, the mm-hmm. trees, uh, how the nativity is portrayed and Santa Claus. And those are really the three elements that Kirk touches on to convince him. The first thing I want to say in regards to that is the first thing that Kirk says after he, after uh, Christian is kind of just riffing, he says, I, you know, I, I hear what you're saying and I, I kind of get it. And then, <laughs> then something's really stupid that happens. Uh, Christian goes, my man and goes for the fist bump. <laughs> they fist bump each my other. Man. No one can say my man without me thinking of, Aquaman in the Justice League movie. Um, do you guys remember that from the trailer? No. Where, uh, no. Where C- Cyborg comes in and he saves him. He's like, ride ain't over yet. And Aquaman's just like, my man. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> it's just so out of place. And that's all I thought. Of, except this time he's like, my man. And he fist bumps him. <laughs> and then Kirk Cameron's like, but also you're entirely wrong. Yeah, yeah that was the, that's <laughs> like, what I love. You're he, it's he so condescending. He's like, oh, but you're 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 entirely wrong, and, and you're ruining Christmas for everybody. Yeah. I was like, oh, like, yeah. He's he doesn't mince words. He's like, yeah, uh, you suck. Like he literally just says that. <laughs> so, like I said, there are three key things that uh, Christian goes like he asks about them, and then Kirk gives an answers to. I think it would be fun since there's three of us and three of those. We each take one to describe to our audience what exactly Kirk is describing to us about where these Christmas elements fits into the Bible. The first one is about the nativity scene. Cameron, I think, what do you think? Do you think you can handle the nativity scene one? Yeah, we can talk about, I can talk about nativity. Yeah. So <laughs> don't sound, don't sound so yeah. enthused about it. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm just trying like, okay. So the whole thing is like, like Kirk Cameron's like, okay, now picture the nativity scene now. Okay. They're in a cave and, for some reason, he's talking about the cave being empty for, like, three minutes. He's like, okay, here's this thing of a cave. Also, in this sequence, and throughout the entire movie, there's just random fades to blacks, mm-hmm. and then ra- yeah. and then it randomly comes back. So, like, it fades to black, like, three times, but nothing changes. And so it's just, like, this rock, and it's like, okay, here's this cave, and there's nothing in it. Now picture Mary. Now picture Joseph. Now picture the animals. Now picture baby Jesus. Also, it was super funny because he's like, now pretend like don't think of them how we typically think of them. Uh, they don't have white skin. And then instantly they yeah. show us Mary <laughs> and she's white. Yep. They're just, they're just a bunch of white people. Yeah. I was like, are you serious? Um, so he's like, OK, imagine all those things. Now imagine they're not there anymore. And you're like, why the hell was I imagining them in the first place? He's like, OK, all that's there is a cloth. All that's there is a swaddling cloth. And at this point, my sister's like, what the heck? what is he talking about? And he goes into this, you know, this long thing about how, oh, well, the cloth that's there is actually the cloth. It represents the cloth that's there at the, uh, when Jesus resurrects from the tomb. And because he was in cloth in the tomb and my sister was like, where is this coming from? I'm like, where is this coming from? And I'm going to be honest. 
I don't even know how this ties into his point. Like I was thinking maybe like, oh, we wrap baby Jesus in the cloth and like that's like way we wrap presents or whatever. But like it yeah. doesn't even connect with anything. He's just like, and that's why there's the cloth. And then Christian goes, oh, my God, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> well, and yeah, like, he, what? He says something like along the lines of because this wasn't supposed to be a birth. This was supposed right. to be like a death. Oh, yeah, that's right. They were supposed to kill it. He's yeah. like, he's like, that's why they brought frankincense and myrrh. Those things were used in burials. Bur- yeah, they said burials, burial spices. Burials, yeah. yeah, that's right. The gifts. For the Bill, the burial spices. <laughs> Bill burial spices. Bill burial spices. And he says nativity really weird. He's like nativity. <laughs> like uh, a horse. He yeah. says it like a horse says it. Nativity. <laughs> uh, what, what you didn't talk about that with that though was like every time he goes to start one of these little like anecdotes, he's like the first one he says like, close your eyes, Christian, close your eyes. Close for your me. eyes. And he's like, he's like, uh, and he like begrudgingly like, okay, okay. My eyes are closed. Okay. I, I see him. I see the cave. I, I see I see Mary. I see Joseph. We're like, we get it. And he's like <laughs> yeah. sitting there with his eyes closed. And then throughout the rest of them that we'll talk about, after each one, he's like, what? Now you're going to tell me about this? He's like, okay, my eyes are closed. I'm ready. I'm ready. I, okay, my eyes are closed. I'm he's like, give, you to give, blow my give mind it, to me. Give yeah, it to me. Man. That's like, Just that's give like it to me. a minute of dialogue each time. A minute to two minutes. Of yeah. him like, all right, my eyes are closed. I'm ready. Yeah, to he go. does oh, like the on. whole like, like hit the hands, like kind of yeah. like motioning. Like, all right, I'm ready. Give it to me. And, and he does that high voice thing. He's like, let me guess. You're going to point the verse that it says Santa Claus is in the Bible. <laughs> There, I wrote like they here like they were like making like Bible jokes like here's a part like what are you gonna tell go to next Corinthians or Leviticus and I was like who's laughing at these uh, jokes and then, and then and what is he and then Kurt's like all right stay with me Genesis <laughs> yeah <laughs> like I'm trying to like picture someone sitting there like ah like that was such a good one like they go tell their friends like oh you should have heard this joke like, yeah they were ripping on Corinthians <laughs> it was great um, I mean so to be fair I actually did. Not think they were funny, but uh, but I know what he was getting because he said Third Corinthians. There's not actually a Third Corinthians. That's what's you know. The the uh, that maybe whole... there is a Third Corinthians. Oh, maybe I'm bad at this. The world may never know. I don't know. The, the when they're going through that part and they're talking about the uh, like how they were supposed to like kill the baby, mm-hmm. and they're like, he's like, and the soldiers were ravaging through towns, killing people's children, and then they like have this like superimposed like <laughs> fire like animatic of like fire and like soldiers like stabbing and like yeah, it was you, so you're not weird seeing them killing babies but you're like seeing them stabbing um which kind of leads me to something really quick i wanted to bring up for you guys i don't know if you happen to check this but on imdb there's a parental guide um for all kinds of different stuff um so let me just read you uh, the parental ratings for some of these things here um as spoken or a- as listed on imdb okay Sex and nudity, severe. <laughs> Violence and gore, what? severe. What? Profanity, Someone trolled. severe. Alcohol and smoking, severe. Frightening and intense uh, scenes, severe. All they dr- uh, alcohol and smoking, all they drink is hot chocolate in this whole movie. What are we talking oh, about? Man, it just killed me so much. Like here, it says someone had to have gone in there. Because yeah. it, it, it says there's like, based on like 200 and something something votes and i was like man they really the they drinking really got a was bunch of to go the behind here. the scenes stuff the crew having yeah. a drink to get through it yeah that makes sense so uh, that so that breaks down uh the first element joel why don't you take us through where we went next with the christmas trees i will do my best because honestly i was so confused with what he was trying to tell us oh, it here. makes no sense but he was like saying like oh well all of life started in a tree lot he's like eden 
He's like, Adam and Eve were in a tree oh lot. Oh, my God. And I was like, huh? And then he goes along, and he's like, and the way God has always described his, like, I think he says, like, his tabernacle. He's like, yep. he wanted to decorate it, and so he brought in a tree. He's like, yep. and on that tree, what did God hang? He hung beautiful lights and fruits. <laughs> he's like, what? and yeah, so he's like, and so we decorate our trees with lights and fruits. And what was Jesus but a fruit? hung on the tree and he's like talking about jesus being put on the cross as like a fruit being put on the tree and well because he's because like, he says that because adam yeah couldn't, he's talking about adam adam couldn't give the fruit back so jesus right being hung on the cross was yeah, right was the, but so the way he like describes it he's like and jesus was the fruit placed back on the tree and yeah I was like, oh. so okay so what he says is that when adam took the fruit he ate it and he put it in his body and yep. the only way to be able to put the fruit back on the tree was to physically put himself <laughs> back on the tree because the fruit was in his body and mm -hmm. so that's what jesus did and that's what i'm saying the jumps in logic here are it, the most it, it insane things no in the world sense whatsoever and then of course we get to the end of it and we have christian going oh Oh wow! I've never thought of it that way. I can't. I can't believe it. And he's like shook. This man I, is just absolutely blown away. Like like all of that like crap you well, just heard well, made sense. Don't forget that they show the visuals. The like the entire time that like how they showed the cave with the uh -huh. first one. This the one they're time, just they're at Christmas a Christmas tree lot. But my favorite part from that is at the end where they like uh -huh. focus it on this little girl and she's walking through the lot and she walks up to what we think is going to be the tree. And it's just a giant, a giant cross, cross, and she runs away from it. It's <laughs> just like, well, because like, he said, what, he, what is the line he says? He's like, so do like they do like they did and run from the cross and go speak to people the word of Jesus yeah. Christ or something like that. But yeah, we see this like little girl just sprinting away you from mentioned, this giant glowing cross. You mentioned the background music real quick. Can we just talk about how weird the background music was throughout all, this entire movie? All the, all the music is so weird. It There's was just like, what? There's a particular, like, at parts there was like trap music, there was, metal, <laughs> there was metal music, there's this particular music thing that I definitely want, I know we're going to oh, talk about duh. at the end, but we're not going to get there yet. <laughs> duh. Um, because we got to save it for a surprise. Yeah, we got to save this last part. Um, but that's a little bit about uh, the Christmas tree one. The overarching point to Christian was that Christmas trees are like pagan worship idols. And that's why they shouldn't be a part of Christmas. And also they're forms of adultery, which they don't touch on, but he just says yeah, it. He says oh, it. Oh yeah. It doesn't make sense, but like a throwaway it, line. It was like I, it was one of those like, do I need to rewind and think <laughs> did I miss something? I was like, No, I definitely don't need to rewind there's, anything in this film. There's also a part in this sequence where he kinda of talks about he's like Oh well, why is Christmas in December? Where in the Bible well, he wasn't born in he wasn't December. Born. Right. He was and Kirk Cameron says we need Christ in the darkest and the coldest time of the year, which is why we have it in December. And if that doesn't tell you how narcissistic Kirk Cameron is mm -hmm. to think that it is dark and cold everywhere in December, it's only dark and cold in the Northern Hemisphere. I hate to tell you, buddy, but it's summertime in the Southern Hemisphere. What about when uh, Kirk asks Christian after he says that? So when do you think? jesus was born and he goes yeah i don't i don't know but it wasn't december <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like okay yeah. well that i don't need to listen to that it anymore. was it was i mean if we're talking about it 
it was in the springtime. Yeah, like, it was in the springtime because that's when uh, they were doing the census, and they're not going to do the census in the middle of the winter. They're going to do it in you know when it's people can travel back to their uh, place of origin. So it was in the springtime, uh, and also the stars and whatever um, astronomers have seen. Okay, well the stars would have been in the place that they were. Um, during the springtime but i i only i only know this because i went to christian school for a long time so i studied hey it's not a, a problem that's cool stuff to know so that takes us through the christmas tree aspect and the last one that i'm going to touch on is christian gets upset because he brings up that santa claus is not in the bible um oh yeah like, and he said and he says like you know why you know why does jesus is everywhere in the bible but this Santa guy that comes out of nowhere and everybody loves him, he's not in the Bible at all. Like, what is that? And he also throws – this is another time he just throws in a weird tidbit and they don't touch on it where he talks about how Santa and Satan have the same letters in their yeah. names. <laughs> and that, um, and he's, he's like, like, that's not a, that's not an accident. I think, uh, you I, tell think, me. I think Santa was created as a vehicle by Satan to get rid of Jesus from people's lives. And genius. It's just like, I mean, it's just like okay. And then Kirk just goes, no, he, you're right. He's not in the Bible. But you know who is? Nicholas. So that's where we go into this weird transition. Like we had the cave in the in the first one, the tree lot in the second one. And the third one is like, it's almost like a Game of Thrones setting. Like it's yeah. so weird. And like, this was in well, the very beginning was, of the yeah, movie. This yeah, was that's touched right. in the beginning of the movie. And then they like they like teased it then and then just completely threw away. I honestly thought they were never gonna talk so about it. Yeah, this was so funny story. When I was watching this movie, um, my parents left to go get dinner, and that was about ten minutes in where they showed the initial part, right? Uh, of him leaving. Uh, or of of um Saint Nicholas or whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then they come back and the moment they come back, I pause it. We're 45 minutes in. We're now at the point where they're finally showing him again. And my parents are like, wait, have you guys not watched any of this movie? We're like, no, we've watched 40 minutes of it and nothing is like, it's finally back here. It's so funny because what they're actually showing us in that scene is they tell us, and Kirk Cameron tells us that Nicholas was a devout Christian and the Bishop of Mira, which is a, small town in turkey um and apparently uh he was a man that was at the council of nicaea which is one of the most important events in church history because that's where uh the doctrines of faith they try they're debating whether jesus truly was the son of god and nicholas is somebody that fought against them wanting to change that saying that you know he is the embodiment of god the embodiment of christ um so what happens next is really funny, and I don't even remember if this is in the Bible, this part. They talk about this guy named Arius, um, a bishop that just traveled spreading the word against Christ. And what Nicholas does is he shames him publicly and then smites him. <laughs> because, he smites the hell out of him. Yeah, and the visual that they use to show him getting smited is that he just Nicholas just beats the holy hell out of him. Oh, he yeah. He just... He just beats him up like nobody's business. I thought he business. was dead. So yeah, like it. He probably beat this guy from like within an inch of death, and the townspeople appreciated it so much that they dubbed him a saint. And that yeah. is how we get Saint Nicholas. And the and then Saint Nicholas was a guy that who would go around um, to like donate his money, his church funding to the poor, and go give gifts to the children during the harsh winters. So that so Kirk tells us that's where the Santa element come f comes from. 
is because Saint Nicholas would give gifts and things to children. Yeah. Um, he comes so that's back his... from he comes back from smiting that guy, and the the girl is like, "Time to give gifts to the children." Yeah. Yeah. and then he like gives this like really creepy smile, and he's like, "Wonderful," well, or like something. Well, like, who gives a creepier smile, him or the the guy dressed as Santa at the party? Oh, it was terrifying. Yeah, why'd they keep during that whole time they were doing that? Like when they first started talking about the Santa. They get, like, are showing these like close up shots of like Santa like staring at the camera and like cracking his knuckles like all angry. Oh, that and was stuff. so uncomfortable. Was, it was like, it why was bad. Are we sitting on this for so long? Because they used the same actor. That was the whole. No, I know. Well, that was the the same thing with the the guy who he smites. They gave us that little tidbit earlier in the movie oh, where yeah. like the we haven't talked about that. We will. Yeah, where those two guys were like sitting around talking. He's like, hey. There's a war on Christmas, and then it's like that guy is the guy yeah. who he smites. Well, let's let's talk about those guys now. Well, hold on, I do I do want to keep talking about the um, the Saint Nicholas thing. Um, so the Saint Nicholas thing that's not in the Bible. That was that was something that took place after the Bible. So he wasn't saying like, oh, he this was the verse or whatever. He was just saying historically this happened after you know how many years after. But one of the things he says when talking about the story is Saint Nicholas was upset that people were trying to make things more politically correct. He says, Saint Nick, the whole politically correct PC thing is something we hear all the time from like, you know, like the ultra alt-right or whatever. They're like, I'm tired of being politically correct. And I thought it was so funny that they're like, way back in the day, they're like, yo, I'm tired of this PC culture. I just thought that was so funny. That was pretty funny. Well, it, and it ties in essentially to those two random dudes at the party. Yes. Um, because you got the cons- the guy the guy that is the conspiracy theory guy is credited as the conspiracy theorist in in <laughs> IMDb as his character. Um, and my favorite part about that scene, uh, when we cut back into that in the party, he's like, "All right, mugs up." And they put yeah. their mugs up in front of and their it's faces. Different. <laughs> yeah, it's and the different audio, audio. completely it's changes. Audio. Yeah, yeah, like he's moving around with it to make it look like he's talking, but it's, he's really just miming. Well, like, well, yeah, but like even before that, and like before you get to that part, they have the I don't know it. I I'm I'm sorry, I don't know his name. They have the black character, the only black character in the movie who they write as the most stereotypical black person it's, yeah, it's in really the bad. entire I mean, world. Really, yeah. It's really inappropriate. Um, it's so bad. He's talking about there's he goes on this like there's he's talking to this guy about um they're taking away our funky for shirts Fridays or something like that. And there's like this 10 minute dialogue of I don't know, 5 or 10 minute dialogue of how but they're taking it back. And in that dialogue, they have the only black character in the show say what my popula- what my people have gone through. It, like after all of this after they put what my people have gone through it's the same thing taking away our freaky shirt fridays or whatever i'm like they did not just do that and then i can't i can't remember if he says it in the movie but in the bloopers he's like what my people have gone through and he's like well you might be jewish so you're people too yeah and i was like uh what oh my god well that, that i mean that is that is a part of the movie that you almost don't even want to touch on too much because it's just so wildly inappropriate to other, ra- <laughs> other races and religions. It's yeah. just, like, it's just so much of Christianity propaganda that, um, that it's just misplaced in a Christmas film. Cause some of the lines, I wrote some of these down after they, le- so after they leave the car, because Christian realizes that he's been a jerk about Christmas. And he wants to apologize to his wife. Some of the VO lines as he goes back into the house and starts appreciating Christmas that Kirk is delivering, he says, 
every inch of Christmas belongs to Jesus. Um, and he says every character in God's story has a place in the holiday. And my favorite one was we need to rearrange our lives and our homes so that everything points to Jesus. These are legitimate lines from the film at the end that Kirk Cameron says. And it's just like, where is this coming from? Like, what are you doing? All of this, all of this, while we keep cutting back and forth to a shot of him at the door with this crazy backlight that's making him look like he's like an angel. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, this whole movie, it's like it was made for him to be like, I am the Messiah. Yes. Yeah. Like, he, 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 again, going back to just like, he's very, uh, very right. pretentious, very yeah. vain. Yeah, it's just it just feels like propaganda. At like that, that well, the whole so. rap because then when we do get to the you know um, the only two I don't know the only two non-white people in the entire movie, um, you know when they do their rap where they do the mugs up and you have the conspiracy theorist or whatever yeah. talking about the war on Christmas and I don't know like I legitimately don't know if the movie is trying to say this guy is crazy or this guy what he thinks is legit um because it's because he talks about the war on christmas but that's what the whole movie is about um but then he also says like it's on fox news so it's got to be true like i like i don't he know does say that, yeah like i don't know if it's poking fun at the whole thing because like it because this movie is everything but self-aware yeah. right it, it doesn't yeah it, it doesn't acknowledge how ridiculous it is but then it tries to put that little bit in I, I I don't know. So you think once we get to that point that Christian, you know, he's inside, he's embracing Christmas, he's checking out the gifts. He's well, how does he get inside, Ryan? Uh, yeah, yeah. How does he get how inside? How does he Ryan? get inside? <laughs> so what I saw is he gets out of the car and he opens the double doors and that weird lighting. Which we saw seeing. earlier yeah. as yeah. well. Yeah. We also yeah. saw that. You're right. Flashback. Um, so what he does is he like has this weird look on his face. Like he's all excited and he looks like he's going to go start running. And then, then they cut away to Kirk and then they cut back and he's just sliding on the floor (laughs) into a pile of gifts. Just running, just going to the crowd. He does that. And then he's just running around like a madman until eventually he goes and sits on Santa's lap. And then everybody comes in and takes a picture with him and Santa and the whole, a uh, group of friends and family members that Kirk Cameron helped get a paycheck for this movie. <laughs> like they just bring them all into that one shot. And that's where I think that's where I thought the movie was going to end. And then I saw we had a couple more minutes left, but the next thing that he needs to do is he needs to apologize to his wife for being oh, essentially, so essentially being like the Scrooge of the story. So he goes up to his wife and he says, you know, I've been a real jerk and I want to get you something really nice to show my appreciation for you for the holidays. And she says, there's one, the line that she says to him, and I want to make sure I say this right. She goes, what do you have in mind, Big Papa? <laughs> it's just like, Well, okay, you missed the Okay, because he says, I'm going to give you something I've been wanting to give you yeah, for too. a long time. And she That's goes... True okay, what have you got for me, big poppy? And I'm like, because I was watching it with my mom, my dad, my sister at this time, and my dad's like, what the hell? Yeah, so the so the gift that he gives her is a hip-hop dance crew that performs the spirit of Christmas in dance form. 
who was also known and I only saw this in the, in the as credits. I as I was fast forwarding through the credits was known as the God Squad. Oh no. Um, yeah, yeah, they're the, the God Squad. The God Squad. Word. What was what, what was the song that they did? I I already blocked it out of my mind. Oh I yeah, I already don't remember. It was what it was, uh, because... it was like "Hark the Herald Angel" by Family Force Five or something like that. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry, I know this. I'm sorry. And also, also, that sequence. I don't know how long it really was. I forgot to time it. It felt like it, it went on for like. 10 oh, minutes. I think it so was ten long. minutes. I it actually was, think it was ten minutes. It was a very long time that that was all happening on screen. Cause like the hip hop dance crew's dancing, and then Christian comes in and dances with them, and he's like break dancing, which is just wild. Like yeah, like like break dancing well. So it's just, no, well, that's what well, I was gonna say is it was like odd that he like was able to do some of these moves. I was like, oh, like he's getting yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, he's getting after. Well, it. you know what's funny is I watched uh, the night before I watched this movie, or I finished this movie rather. Uh, my family watched the movie The Prom on Netflix, mm-hmm. and you know it's oh. a musical. It ends in a massive musical number. Uh, so halfway through the movie, I look at my dad and I look at my sister, and I was like, "What would you say if I told you this movie ends in a hip hop dance sequence?" And they laughed, and I said, "Okay." <laughs> and then they got to it because they thought I was joking. And then when he goes, uh, when he goes, or Kirk Cameron, I forget if it's Kirk Cameron or him who says something like, "Well, typically in this part of the movie, we would have you know the yeah, husband Kirk- and wife get yeah. together and yeah. uh, you know there'd be a loving kiss and." but we're not going to do what typical movies do because we aren't typical. And then right. the Christian is like, honey, I prepared a hip hop dance sequence from the God squad and we're going to dance, have a dance party. And my, my dad and my sister just look at me like, are you serious <laughs> right now? You weren't joking. What would you say if I told you that that dance sequence was only four minutes long? It doesn't no, know. no, I, it I just, I just, no, it wasn't. I, would, I, would, I just checked. I don't believe you. I really don't. How, uh, how'd they do I, that? That's what I'm saying, because it felt like forever. Oh, my God. That doesn't then, make sense. The it movie started still... at, yeah, it started at an hour and two minutes, and it ends at like an hour and six. The movie's still not even over after that, because then they all go sit down at Christmas yeah. dinner, and, then it's, just, oh, and yeah. then it's just the final section of VO from Kirk Cameron. That's when he the... does the whole, like, Jesus was God in materials, so that's why you should get lots of materials. Yep. And he basically just re-explains... Um, why Christmas and uh, Jesus are intertwined together. But he also says, like, it's not fully possible to appreciate all that goes into Christmas from a religious standpoint. So it's like, he's almost like, we didn't even have enough time to tell you everything. <laughs> it's just like, I don't want to know anything else. Like, I'm good. I'm happy this is ending. And that is the actual ending of the film. It ends there. Thank God. Well, that's not where it well, ends. Yeah. We it's think. one of the endings. Well, we have the bloopers too, but we don't. We don't well, even need to. And also, going back to the fire, didn't they go back to the fire at the end, too? No, that was a blooper as well, I'm pretty no, sure. Kirk Cameron, no, no, Kirk Cameron yeah. talked about the end, yeah. Yeah, I was say, I'm pretty sure they go back to the fire and yeah. he talks again at the end. I don't even, I thought Yeah, I think, yeah, he bloopers. does, right? <laughs> no, I would, I mean, this whole movie is a blooper. So, all right, so it's like a, it's like Lord of the Rings, which you guys don't understand, but Lord of the Rings Return of the King, where there's like 15 endings to it. This is... This is the same kind of stuff. Yeah, there. yeah. So, so I don't, I don't even know if we need to touch on this, but I'm gonna throw it out there real quick as we're getting ready to wrap up this episode. Is there any way to fix this movie? Um, uh, I, <laughs> Cameron, go I, ahead because I really no, but I feel like I feel like if there was no, I mean the answer is no. This is the worst movie uh, I've ever seen. 
Like it's it's not even a question. I have never seen a movie worse than this one. Not only because the movie itself, like if even if you took away all of the moral, all the message and everything, as a movie, it is a absolute. Dude, I have never seen anything. It's it's just it's it's just a disgrace. It's it's insulting. Um, and then when you put the morals into it with the whole yeah. thing where it's like, oh, like they're making all of these massive logic leaps. And Kirk Cameron's like, oh, yeah, don't max out your credit cards, but buy as much as you want because, you know what, it's all good. When, like, a, a, an hour earlier, he's like, oh, yeah, well, the kids that are hungry, they don't matter. Buy presents for people. Like, just like when you like when you put the moral, like, when you infuse the morals with just how bad of a movie it is, I like, um, objectively, like, no, you can't, there's, th- this is, this is a movie that I wish... I no, I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna say. I wish I didn't see it because I'm very happy I saw it. This is my second time watching it, and I enjoyed it just as much as I did the first time because it is literally the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, but if there was one thing that they could do to make this movie better, they could get someone to hold the camera who <laughs> does not have seizures every single second oh, of the no. episode. I mean, this this uh, this is the shakiest camera. People, when they were watching the movie Hunger Games, were complaining about the shaky cam in that movie. Yeah. This this Hunger Games looks like steady cam compared to this movie. I just want to be. I mean, it was shaking all over the place. I mean, come on, it's basic. Get a tripod. Joel, do you have anything positive to say about this movie after watching it and discussing it? Uh, positive wise, no. I wanted to touch on the fixing it. Like right. Cameron. No. I, yeah. I oh, was yeah. trying to. Did say, you ask say, about uh, positive stuff? No. Oh, I, 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 I no. No. It's all kind of just melds together. No. I, I really didn't. Honestly, there was just so much wrong with it, both from a story standpoint to a tech standpoint. Uh, in terms of fixing it, like Cam said, like as far as the story and the morals and all that stuff, like that stuff's just too far gone and too right. far out there that there's no fixing it without just making this movie something else. But there was so much tech wise that they could have done even just slightly better that would have made, at least made this look respectable. You just, know in I mean? a produc- it, just in a production value sense. Yeah, because it, it literally looked like a home. It looked like a, it was like a school project is what it felt right. like. Like there were some bits that were like actually like, oh, like this looks good. Like the lighting is great. And, and the, you know, what the movie were you watching, were Joel? No, there were decent parts. <laughs> like I could pull up some stills and be like, this is a good still right here. But like, for the most part, it did. It looked like a school project. And I think kind of like Green Lantern, if this just looked a bit better, it would at least be a little bit more like respectable. But it did. It looked like it was just like a home movie. Even if you make those changes, though, the crux of the film still. Oh, yeah. No, the, it, the film itself, what they're trying to get at, and like Cameron said, you know, the morals and the story, it's just not there. So it, it's not going to fixing the visuals and the way it was shot and stuff is not going to do much for it. Right. But if there was one thing that I could fix, it, it would be that because I was driving me insane the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think there is no real audience for a movie like this. Mm-hmm. So you don't we don't have to worry about trying to make it better because, like I said earlier, there's only one person that really cared about this movie and it was Kirk Cameron. So he seems pretty happy with it so he can enjoy it. And the rest of us never have to watch it again, mm-hmm. um, which begs which brings us into the final element of our show here. I I think I see where we're all going to go, and I'll just go first on this one in regards to whether I would want a refund for this film. Uh, we watched it on Amazon Prime. Uh, so Thank we God had it was had, Well, we pay for Amazon Prime. Oh. Um, but um, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm asking for them to give me $100 yeah, yeah, right? back for yeah. this movie. So, so I think um, 
in regards to would I want my money back if I had seen this in theaters, we had the, the total a little over $8 around 2014. So would I want my $8 back? I think it's unquestionably yes. I I I would this I I honestly think I would have walked out of this movie. Honest oh. to God. I've never walked yeah. out of a movie before. This would have been the one where I would have been like, "No, I can't do this." I don't know when I would have walked out, but I know I would have walked out. Um it just would have been it's just, it's it's legitimately the worst Chris not only is it like an awful movie it's not the worst movie I've ever seen um which is saying something really but it's yes really um but it is by far the worst Christmas movie I've ever seen and this legitimately like could have ruined my Christmas just watching <laughs> this. like like I we still we Christmas is tomorrow we we'll see how it goes there's enough there's a lot of other elements going on in the world that could hamper Christmas for a lot of people this could have been one of them for a lot of other people. So I'm hoping that everyone else that listens to this and says like, Hey, I've never seen this. Maybe I should give it a shot. I don't think you should. This is not a movie worth watching to even be a part of the joke. In my opinion, I want my full $8 back uh, for Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. I mean, Cameron, what do you got for that? To be fair, Kirk Cameron literally will have caused many people to have gotten COVID. So, I mean, you know, Kirk Cameron has ruined this Christmas for a lot of people, <laughs> uh, not just with this movie, but literally with giving people COVID. Um, okay. Yeah, this you you were saying at what point do you walk out of this movie? I don't know. I kind of have this weird fascination with bad movies where it's like I want to know what happens at the end. Um, and like I wanted to know, like if I had walked out of this movie, I would have missed the dance party. I would have missed all of the 10 endings. Like you, we didn't even talk about the ending with that one random guy who was just in the movie randomly. One yeah, time earlier, and then, he's like, Oh, that's just Paul sitting on the couch. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And then I he just says something. That. Yeah. And like, that's how the movie, ends. like I would have missed all of that. And all of that is fantastic to talk about because it, it, I mean, it's just literally the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. But would I ask for a refund there is no question in the world. I would, I, if I bought popcorn, I would ask for my popcorn <laughs> money back. I'd be like, can I, can I please? Like, I, 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 yeah, no, this is, I mean, this is an epitome of a movie you ask for a refund. Yep. Like, if you don't ask for a refund for this movie, there yep. is not a single movie you will ever ask for a refund. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I agree. Joel, take us home on this one. We want Yeah. A refund? So, again, I'm going to tell you guys straight up, I would ask for a refund. For sake of the show, had I paid for this out of theater, I would not. I, I completely honest, I don't think I'll ever ask for a refund on any movie. I've been honest. It's just not me, but like, yeah, this would be a movie that I'd be like, wow, I really just spent eight dollars watching that. But like you were saying, and Cameron kind of touched on it, I would never have walked out of this. I absolutely would have sat there and watched the entire thing simply to marvel at the fact that this even exists. Um, like, like Cameron was saying, like, I wouldn't see all the 10 endings or that there was a dance party. Like, had I walked out of that and then some other friends went and saw it and they were like, oh, did you what do you think about the dance party? I would have been so mad. I'm like, wait, whoa, yeah. I missed that there was a dance party. You would have thought they were it. joking. Yeah, it's like I, just for having that in joke with my friends, you know what I mean? But yeah, like you were saying, like, not only is this just a bad Christmas movie, it's just a bad movie overall. It won a Razzie, like the worst. It won four Razzies. It, it was the first holiday film 
to win worst film of the year at the Razzies. So that's, that's kind of awesome. saying something. Wow, this is a uh, record-breaking movie. And uh, like it just the fact that it was like so much of it went wrong that he had to like ask people like to go on there and 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 vote on on Rotten Tomatoes to help boost the ratings. The fact that the VeggieTales creator was asked to write an intro and he turned him down. He didn't oh, know I did not know this. Yeah, like, the creator of VeggieTales was apparently asked to like write an intro and that he like said no. I don't know much more than that, but well, that's because I don't know if you guys have seen VeggieTales, but they yeah, are no, cinematic also... masterpieces. Yeah. <laughs> So, like the pirates who don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Come on, uh, guys. Yes. Everybody knows that one. Come on, guys. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'll ask for my eight dollars back as well. All right, so it's a clean sweep for Kirk Cameron saving Christmas. We would all want our money back. Watching none of this us film. would have ever seen this movie in theaters. I mean, what what would possess you to buy a ticket to this movie? I I cannot answer that for you. Um, thankfully, um, we're done with this movie. <laughs> we don't ever have to see it again if we don't want to. I personally am not gonna introduce this to anyone in my life be, unless there's somebody that i just don't like <laughs> um so yeah i think uh this is kind of close closes the book on kirk cameron's saving christmas so that concludes our holiday uh episode we got our next episode coming up after the holidays cameron it is your turn in the rotation what is going to be the next movie for us to do oh man you know it was hard to choose because i i actually have quite a few that i wanted um, to do but I think the next movie we're going to do is A Wrinkle in Time the remake from a couple years ago because <laughs> okay. oh, I love it I love this I mean Ava you're wonderful you've given us some fantastic movies but A Wrinkle in Time has to be one of the worst movies I've ever seen I mean it is terrible alright well we've got our episode for next week uh, that'll conclude the holiday season episode that we have of I'd Fight Like a Refund podcast. Joel, where can people find you if they want to know a little more about yourself? Uh, Podgerfan at Instagram or <laughs> at Podgerfan on Instagram and on Twitter. And then Cameron, what about yourself? You can find me at twitch.tv slash cambay47, C-A-M-B-A-I 47. I stream chess because I'm cool. And then you can find me, Ryan, at the Guy 16 on all your socials as well. Plus, you can follow along with the Refund Podcast at Refund Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. And check out at Refund Pod. At Refund Pod. Yep, that's the one. And uh, you can stream our show on all of your podcasting platforms, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you enjoy listening to your podcast. Folks, thank you so much for joining us on Christmas Eve or after the fact to listen to our Kirk Cameron Saving Christmas episode. We wish you all a happy holidays, and we look forward to listening next time.